and welcome to episode one of the Silly Little Podcast. My name is Grace Hill. I am your host. Very happy to be here. Um, Thank you for tuning in. You are beautiful and I love you. I wanted this episode to be about me. But not in a selfish way. I, who am I? Who are you? Who am I? In a little gist, I am Grace. I am 21 years of age. I currently reside in Utah. I'm from Idaho, though. I, my pronouns are she and her. I'm currently going to school at Utah State University studying art, emphasis in ceramics, and a minor in psychology, and I'd like to go to grad school for art therapy. I love my mother nature, and I'm currently on a journey of healing, and so far it's been a wonderful roller coaster, but I wouldn't want it to be any other way. I was born in Arizona. I was raised in Boise, Idaho. I was born in 1999, so I still consider myself a 90s baby. I'm the oldest of five kids. I was born and raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. More on that later. Uh, I have one nickname, and it's Gracie. Pretty original, I know. Who was I like? What what was I <laughs> What was I like as a kid? I loved sports. I was always doing a sport. I did soccer, I did gymnastics, swimming, um, dance. I was quite the artist. I was always sketching and doodling and painting. I loved to read. I loved the Percy Jackson series. I loved Hunger Games. I loved Junie B. Jones. I loved Goosebumps. I played the piano from age 8 to, I think, 14 or 15. Like, went to weekly lessons for that long. I learned how to play the guitar when I was 16. I picked up the ukulele. I played the violin in middle school. So I love making music and I love instruments. Um, I loved my pair of Heelys that I had when I was younger. I would Heely around the mall. I loved to ripstick. I had a, I had a blue ripstick when I was younger. And one thing I, I didn't dislike a lot of things but one thing that comes to mind about things that I did not like as a kid was my mom's homemade fried rice (laughs) and it was because she put peas in her fried rice and I just could not stand those peas so sorry mom it's not your fault I as a kid my temperament was pretty reserved I wasn't like the loudest kid in the room but I also wasn't super super shy I think I think that I was pretty witty sometimes when I wanted to be. I was very independent and sometimes that could turn into like sneakiness. Um, apparently I used to just 
crawl all over the place and like hop up on stools and tables and counters and get into places that I wasn't supposed to get into. So that was me. I was very curious. I slept with a baby blanket. I'm getting real vulnerable here. I slept with a blanket ever since I was who knows how young. When I was in third grade, I went to like a special challenge course for art. Um, I, my teachers were like, you're really artistic. Look at you doodle all of these little things on your papers. Let's get you tested into this little art program. So every Friday for the next three years, I would get to leave school, go to a different school, and spend the whole day doing art. I'm not sure what exactly it's called. Maybe it's just a, a Boise thing, but that's where I fell in love with everything from drawing to sketching to painting to ceramics to graphic design, and it made a large impact on the decisions I made later in my life. Um, my middle school years sucked very insecure, wanted to fit in so bad, had friend troubles like we all do. I think middle school just sucked universally for all of us. Uh, I had my first kiss when I was 12 years old on 11-11-11. Very special day to me. <laughs> Pretty proud of that one. Um, of course, I... <coughs> I had body issues as a kid and as a teenager and as a young adult and even so now. It's the greatest thing in the whole world, looking at my meat shell and saying, you are not the way I want you to look. It's so silly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty vulnerable on this podcast, just disclaimer as we're seven minutes into it. I think that vulnerability is a trait that I will forever be trying to work on. I think that being vulnerable is a strength, and I think it allows for authenticity and openness and trust with myself and trust with others. So, I mentioned that I was raised in the, the LDS church, otherwise known as the Mormon church, and I kind of struggled with that growing up. I never really felt like I was the perfect Mormon. I had a lot of issues with modesty, with all the rules that they told me to follow. I wanted to kiss and date boys before I was 16, and that was against the rules. I was pretty rebellious. Um, I remember I would leave the house in one outfit, and I would change into a different outfit once my mom, like, had already dropped me off or she wasn't around anymore because... I wanted to wear short shorts, tank tops, bikinis, whatever. And that wasn't allowed because it was considered immodest. Um, I actually would go as far to say as I have quite a bit of emotional and developmental trauma surrounding myself in the church. I still right now hold quite a bit of um, anger and guilt, and shame, and confusion um, from situations that I experienced when I was a young kid that made a really heavy emotional impact on me. And I'm in the process of unpacking all of that and, 
and healing from it and doing something about it instead of just letting it stay stagnant inside of me because that doesn't help anyone, especially not me. So if you too have issues with your religious background, same, let's talk about it. When I was in high school, I was very, very socially anxious. I wanted to be liked. I was a people pleaser. I was very nervous to interact with strangers. I would overthink every single conversation. Um, I kind of felt like a lone island. I didn't really have one specific friend group that I did everything with. I kind of was friends with a lot of different types of people and so I fit in everywhere but I didn't feel totally like understood and accepted and like I was home anywhere with any specific group of people. My first heartbreak happened when I was 15 and it took me a couple years to get over that one. Um, when I was in high school I cut my hair super short into a pixie cut because I simply just wanted to do it and I thought it was cute and so I did it and I got called a lot of very rude things by other people and that's okay because even though it was painful for me to receive those comments it taught me a lot about myself and about other people. I still love short hair and even though my hair currently right now is past my shoulders um, I'm gonna cut it soon because I'm tired of it. I cut my hair whenever I get bored. I'm pretty impulsive sometimes, and that can often turn into recklessness. So we'll see what happens with my hair. Um, when I was in high school, I also had a lot of self-worth issues. I mentioned already I was a people pleaser. pleaser. I was a people pleaser. I liked to please the masses. I didn't want to make anyone upset. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted, as we all do. That's a very basic human thing. But I let it kind of, like, overtake me, and I would sabotage myself and not stay true to either what I believed or what I wanted to say or how I really felt just so I could be easy and be likable and go with the flow. I didn't like to make a ruckus. I didn't like to get angry. Um, I was called the peacemaker in my home. And yeah, I'm, I'm working on that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually realizing that I have a lot of anger that I need to unpack. And that itself is a really interesting experience. Um, <laughs> I ran for student council when I was in high school. I was in student council my junior and my senior year. I decided to run for student body president before my senior year. And election week was pretty much the worst week of my entire life. I'm not, I'll spare you the details. Um, but basically, I came out of that experience with a few things. Uh, I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety and a panic disorder. And I also won the election. So I was elected student body president for my school for my senior year, which 
that opened up a lot of doors for me that I'm really grateful for, but the cost of it, sometimes I'm like, I am surprised I made it out of their life. Um, I started taking medication for my mental illness. Around that time, I started going to therapy. It helped a ton. I still kind of um, struggled with, with panic attacks and panic and my panic disorder for about a year or so after that until I was able to regulate my emotions more efficiently and understand what my triggers were. I played lacrosse for three years in high school, and I remember I would get so anxious about my lacrosse games. I would have high, high anxiety and sometimes panic attacks before the game started. In the middle of the games, if I made a mistake, I would come off the field and just like hyperventilate into tears. And after the game, I'd be thinking about that same mistake and it would just continue to happen again. So anxiety has been a large, overly welcome friend in my life thus far. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to create this podcast was to bring more awareness to mental health issues because obviously they have been viewed as pretty taboo in the past. And I see that that is changing and I love that that's changing and I would like to be a part of that change. So I'm doing what I can and sharing who I am. When I graduated high school and I moved out of my house and I moved to Utah to go to college, I struggled with my self-identity. I really had the space and the time to like ask myself questions like, who am I? I realized that I often would wear a lot of masks and that I was almost like a chameleon in a lot of different social situations uh, that made sense with my people-pleasing habits. I struggled with depression a lot more often in college throughout college and there was a time that I decided to go off of my my medication because I thought that I was like at a good and healthy place that it was time to go off of it and slowly but surely my depression crept in and it got the best the better of me and so I, I went back on it after that point so I have I have dabbled with two anxiety depression meds I have, I used to take Zoloft, and I'm currently taking Prozac. I highly recommend taking medication to help you get on a right step. Give yourself a little boost when you need it, and then go from there. I don't personally want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I'm actually in the process right now of weaning off of my current meds. It takes a couple months because you don't really want to cold turkey that stuff. But I noticed that the meds that I've taken in the past for my mental illness have made everything just kind of really mellow. And that is really helpful when you're experiencing a lot of lows. But at the same time, I wasn't ever really experiencing the highest of highs either. And not like high like, oh, I'm blazed, but high like, I feel immense joy right now. I'm so happy I want to cry. It's kind of like I was just floating through my 
through my life, through my environment, through, through my emotions, and I missed the vibrancy of what I used to feel, even though it was mostly negative. But the grass is always greener, right? Um, my depression has taught me a lot. Um, I realized that I kind of have a, an addictive, little bit impulsive and reckless personality when it comes to how I deal with hard things. I've developed a couple unhealthy coping mechanisms surrounding substances that numb me out to deal with some of that sadness. Um, I'm more aware of those behaviors now and I try to either stop that from happening or find ways to deal in a healthier way. So it's a work in progress always. I dated, I have dated and or been involved with people who didn't really bring out the best in me. And I did that because I thought that that's what I deserved. So I've had quite of quite a bit of romantic relationship troubles. But I've learned from every single one, and that's all I can ask for, and I don't regret any of them because they taught me something. Um, I started last year, actually, two years ago, year and a half ago, I started to really explore this idea of my own spirituality without religion. So I believe that spirituality and religion are different. I believe that you can find spirituality in religion, but there's so much that exists outside of religion that is considered spirituality. I started to do a lot of research and discovery in uh, energy healing, like crystals and Reiki and, and quantum healing. Um, obviously, I looked into meditation and yoga, and I'm still actively, I have a daily meditation practice and a mostly daily medita- er, <laughs> and a mostly daily yoga practice. And those things have definitely changed my life. I would consider myself what the trend is now calling an empath. I am very spongy. I soak up all the energies, all the emotions in the room, who I'm with, who I'm around. So um, I used to get really, really drained when I went to like large groups of people gathering, like parties or school. It was just so overwhelming for me. And I realized it's because I was just like taking in everyone's vibes. <laughs> I was so aware of the mood that people were in. And part of me was like, am I affecting that? Is it my fault? How can I improve that? Like it was my responsibility and it totally wasn't. Um, I'm still very emotionally aware, but I've kind of learned how to balance that skill, that tool that I have. Um, moral of the story, moral of this podcast, summary time. I feel like I have a calling. I believe that we all have a calling, in a sense. And my calling is to spread light, to spread love, to spread healing. 
That's why I've chosen to go into the therapeutic field. That's why I made this podcast, to talk about the crap I've been through. So that if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in that. Or, oh my gosh, I had no idea. It can start this conversation of, what do we do about it? Because I have, I have lots of advice and it may not be the advice that you need, but I would still like to just put it out there for anyone who needs it. I also, my goal in this lifetime while I'm on this earth in this body is to remember who I am. I believe that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And sometimes that is overwhelming. Earth is so dense and hard. Being a human is hard sometimes. But it's also beautiful. I have this really strong desire to discover truth, to know truth. Part of me, a couple weeks ago actually, this is a new new thing for me, I was like, why don't they just tell us? Why doesn't someone or something just tell us what the truth is so that we'll know it? And then I kind of realized, even if it was right in front of my eyes, I probably wouldn't believe it because I didn't come across it or discover it myself. And so that's the point, for me at least, of being alive is to live and experience and discover what truth is. And I think the truth is different for each of us. But I do think that there's one thing that is constant and that is love. Love is the most powerful thing in the entire universe and I'm just trying to embody it more every single second I'm like is this is this love if it's not crap try again I also like to make beautiful things I'm a Taurus if you're into astrology um very materialistic apparently but I love making art. I love working with my hands. I love making jewelry. I am currently trying to start an Etsy shop with ceramics and macrame and wire-wrapped crystals and other random pretty things. So if you're interested, check me out on there, Pot Lover Grace. I love to cook. I love to write. I love to make music. I think that that's a very innate human thing, too, is, is this desire to create. And I think once we exit out of this state of stress, this state of survival, which feels like we're all in quite a bit of our time, we can't create very well in that stage. And so my goal for myself is to not be in survival mode that often so that I can tap into my creativity and my desire to express myself in that way. Oh, my fears. I'm afraid of deep, dark water where I can't see the bottom of it. I hate to put my feet down because I think that something's going to come up and bite me. <laughs> and I'm afraid that I will never be loved. <laughs> I'm afraid 
and this this fear has like changed as I've gotten older but I used to be afraid that I'd never find someone to marry now I'm afraid that I'll never be understood by whoever I choose to spend the rest of my life with and um still working on that fear and overcoming that fear so uh check on me later about that one my hopes and my dreams I hope that I have as rich of a human experience as possible I hope that I leave this earth and I leave the places I've been and I leave my relationships better than I found them. I, I dream to inspire others to heal, to find peace and find joy in their lives and to be the best versions of themselves. And so my question for you you beautiful human who's listening to me rant for the past half an hour in your ears. Who are you? How do you express who you are? How do you show who you are? How do you tell others who you are? What are your fears? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? What are your goals? What's holding you back? What do you think your calling is in this life? And then... My favorite thing to ask people is, what is your favorite thing about being a human? I'll share mine, one of, one of mine, I have many. One of my favorite things about being human is that we invite each other over to the places where we live just because we like each other. We're like, oh, I like you. Do you want to come over here where I, where I spend all of my time and like join me here? And so we'll just, we just go to each other's houses, you know, like, that's so cute. I don't know. But that, that's all I'm going to talk about today. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for when I talk about the next episode I'll be releasing. Um, Hopefully this time does not take me another three months to sit down and record it. But I hope you have a beautiful day and goodbye, my friends. Don't tell me that